You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamie. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by... Bet US here with your break from all the high resource file propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. And life is back on sports betters. And Bet US has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800 792 3887. That's 800 79 Bet US. Bet US for 125% bonuses when you use our promo code TTTT125. TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, fellas. And Jamie, let me just say that I hope that you never miss a show because I really don't want to have to do that read. <laughs> that is the longest read, and you do a great job of it, but that is not an easy thing to do. I don't know why it's so hard for me to just read the English language, uh, but it is for me. Um, so you do a great job, and if we ever have to do that, Shane, it's completely on you to pull that off. The yeah, because we know what a mastery I have of the English language. <laughs> And also, the Wizard of Whiskey, Shane Lott, is here as well. Woo! That was a Ooh. nice little little happy, like, high-pitched, hi, how are you, <laughs> pop there. Um, my uh, my neighbors went to Bozeman, Montana last week for a week of vacation, and uh, he found this Montana bourbon whiskey that he really liked, and he brought me a bottle back, and uh, I popped it a little earlier tonight, and I got to say, they make some good bourbon in Montana. Speaking of which, so Southern Miss basketball is going to play in a Thanksgiving basketball tournament in Montana. Really? So, yeah. So um, you'll have to get Jay Ladner to pick you up a bottle or, or something like that. <laughs> He'll do it. <laughs> Jay, this is good stuff. Stock me back up, please. <laughs> so um, we had our ticket giveaway last week. If you missed that, good news. We are going to have another ticket giveaway, so stay tuned in the next few days. But we have a pair of tickets courtesy of our friends at Common Sense Economic Development, two two tickets to this weekend's game against the South Alabama Jaguars. We are going to have a ticket giveaway on Twitter. That is going to be on Tuesday, August the 31st. Check out our Twitter feed in the morning. We'll have the contest up just for the day tomorrow. Or today, whenever you're listening. So Tuesday, August 31st, Twitter contest, two tickets to go see the Golden Eagles in Mobile, Alabama. So be sure you check out our Twitter page first thing in the morning for more details. The listen big, early, listen often. Listen early, listen often. Early bird gets the worm and whatnot. Uh, the big news from this week, we, we had a, a bit of a scare here in Hattiesburg. Uh, selfishly, thank goodness that uh, every – you know, we didn't really have as much of an effect from Hurricane Ida as they did in Louisiana and certain parts of southwest Mississippi. But 
Man, her, Hurricane Ida absolutely ravaged the uh, a good what a good bottom half of uh, southeastern Louisiana, and it's going to take a long time for them to recover. And some of our friends and listeners we haven't heard from yet. So hopefully, you know, hopefully they can at least listen to the show and <laughs> figure something out. But uh, yeah, yeah, the podcast will get them through. You know, no air conditioning for several weeks. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so hope, hopefully, hopefully, it's kind of rare not to see Kurt post about what kind of Quest Bar he's eating today or anything like that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, hoping to hear from Kirk and Diane soon. And uh, um, man, Trevor Kirkley actually lives in Grand Isle, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So um, you know, hopefully everything is okay with everybody. But uh, man, you, you got to feel for everybody down there in in uh, in South Louisiana. Yeah, you know, we kind of skated this one, which uh, we we kind of skated ones last year, really. I mean, I had, I had some some normal flooding issues that I kind of always have, uh, but we never lost power. I don't know about you, Jamie, but um, uh, we never lost. It just rained a lot, really. You know, it, it didn't even the, the wind gust in Hattiesburg, to my knowledge, didn't. I hadn't seen any trees down really anywhere, uh, but it just kind of just rained a lot in the middle of the night. I don't know when it started, but I know I woke up about three in the morning and it was pouring and I got up and kind of checked some things out. And then I got up again at like seven in the morning and it was still pouring. So however many inches of rain that was, I don't know. But there is a chunk of it puddled up in my driveway and uh, just glad I got through it and glad that our power stayed on. And I feel real sorry for all those guys down in South Louisiana and South Mississippi. But, um, you know. It's the uh, it's just kind of what we got to deal with a few it's times just, a year in this part of the world. Got to be resilient. And there was there were some uh, trees down in in the uh, Pine Belt area. I, I know of at least one person who had a tree fall in their house. Mm. Um, also, there were some power outages. And really, so I think everything kind of started clearing up around nine this morning. And my power went out like right at eleven, like it just flashed. I don't know if it's like a transformer blue or what. But um, I was on a Zoom call and it just went bananas. So. I had to wait for the internet to kick back in, but hey, that is first world problems, man. Uh, That's a a deep cover story to lay the groundwork for your boss listening to this to hear that it wasn't a beer that you spilt on the computer this morning and why your Zoom call (laughs) dropped. Uh, But actually, the Transformer blue knocked the whole power. It was crazy. Speaking of of which, uh, I think if if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time all three of us are, are enjoying the same beverage while recording the show. Oh well, I got to steal a, a play out of Bumps playbook here real quick. Hey, I actually haven't had this yet. I'm I'm uh, live cracking into my first can. I wanted mm. to wait in, until we uh, were were all together. It just felt right. Um, it smells nice, uh, nice crack. Hey man, that'll do. <laughs> it's um, good. <laughs> yeah. I could drink a bunch of those. It's, yes. uh, it's, it's got a nice, let me go back for some more. It's got nice body to it. It's not like, um, it's not heavy and thick, but it also, there's more to it than, than just like a watery mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of a almost a creaminess. Uh, yeah, that's good. It's good. Good work, Sopro. 
Gold Rush, everybody. Uh, you can. I looked. Or, I looked at Corner Market. I didn't see it, but it may have been out. There was an empty shelf somewhere. So, uh, but I know that it's 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 in and around the Hub City now. You should be able to find it at least at your Keith Superstores, Corner Markets, um, and everywhere we mentioned last week. What I think, Cake and Barrel, Glory Bound, um, the brewery downtown. So go you check know, it it's out. Also, uh, it's shots. also yeah, it's Mug and shots. it's also available at. The new Hattie's Burgers, which is downtown. I, I went to – it's where Blue Jazz was. Blue Jazz is moving back up the street, right? Uh, the Hattie's Burgers, it's the, one of the best burgers I've ever tasted in my life the other day. But as far as the SoPro goes, right when we sat down, our server, the first thing he said was, can I get you something to drink? And while we were looking, he goes, let me tell you, did you know that SoPro just came out with a brand-new beer for Southern Miss called Gold Rush? So I just thought it was cool that he even mentioned it, you know, and so we we got some. And uh, enjoyed it then. They had the best burger of my life. So go down and see our good friends at Hattie's Burgers, man. Nelson and the crew make a fabulous burger. I had the sunset. It was awesome. What's on the sunset? Well, first of all, the beef is is awesome. But it's also got uh, this teriyaki sauce on it and a fresh grilled pineapple. Mm. Um, It's just fantastic. Pick up a four-pack or two or three, whatever you need. Head eastbound and down this weekend. Southern Miss, the first game of the college football season in my mind. So Southern Miss taking on the South Alabama Jaguars. That's this Saturday, September the 4th at 7 p.m. Central Time. That game is on ESPN+. Plus. So make sure that you have the ESPN app on your device, uh, whether it's a Roku, a smart TV, your iPhone, your Android device, and uh, you'll be able to listen to the game. I'm sure it's going to be on the uh, Southern Miss IMG Sports Network as well if you want to tune in on the radio, but the game itself will be televised on ESPN+. Plus. Now, it seems we, we took on the South Alabama Jaguars one year ago, and it's really – I mean, that's like, what, four head coaches ago? Um, <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> it's been a long time since that game, but – this is, is our, you know, our second time playing South Alabama, our first time down there, and this is the first game in their brand-new stadium, Hancock-Whitney Stadium. So this is their first game in their new stadium. They've got a new head coach, former Golden Eagle football player, Kane Womack. So it's going to be a very hyped game. They have a capacity of about 25,000 in that stadium. Um, judging by the way their fans feel right now, I'm not sure that they're going to hit that. But nonetheless, a very, very exciting time. And, hey, football is back. Football is back. Yeah, it's kind of surprising to me that that, that you know, big city like Mobile, uh, the first game, you know, that 25,000 would be kind of such a feat to get to. But uh, by the looks of it, you know, I, I think Southern Miss is going to have a, a ton of people, and then that's going to – and it's still – Probably not going to sell out, um, which, you know, I mean, following the hurricane and COVID, you know, I get it to, to an extent. Uh, at the same time, I, I think that there's a lot more fired up Southern Miss fans for this game uh, than there seems to be for South Alabama. And I hope that uh, I hope that we can turn that place into uh, Hattiesburg South. I have faith in you. I have, I have faith in the, the Golden Eagles in that area. They're going to show up in Mobile. It's going to be uh, an atmosphere reminiscent of the uh, the old Tulane games in the Superdome uh, where we have like half a stadium just jam-packed full of people, and there's like four sad Tulane fans on the other side. 
I, I feel that <laughs> happening this weekend. We're, we're going in, we're going for blood, and there's going to be plenty of black and gold there to see it. There used to be a lot of those kind of games. The, the Memphis games seem to be like that. The UAB games have always been like that. Um, I don't know. Southern Miss seems to do a good job traveling. And uh, and when we're on a winning streak or when we have somebody that we can get behind, like our current staff, uh, I think that's going to bode well for uh, putting butts in the seats for sure. Absolutely. Eagles travel well. We we always take fans wherever we go. Because we have fans. That's, nope. uh, most, yeah, there most you go. the other schools on our level can't say that. We get, we got real fans. There are a few Southern Miss. So you got Kane Womack. Who played at Southern Miss had a uh, had a great career as a defensive coordinator at Indiana. You know, Indiana was borderline playoff team last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's definitely. I, I have no doubt that he's going to come down to South Alabama and, and put together a pretty solid program. I don't. I hope it's not on the first night of his tenure, but uh, that remains to be seen. But several Golden Eagles, several several coaches on that staff or or, or staff members who have ties to Southern Miss. So let's start with the quality control analysts. All right. The quality control analysts on defense, Chris Klanakis, former Golden Eagle offensive coordinator, and the quality control analyst on defense, Tony Pecoraro, former Southern Miss defensive coordinator, most recently as last year. So you've got two former Golden Eagle coordinators as quality control analysts on the staff. Uh, Assistant Head Coach slash Director of Football Athletic Performance, Matt Shadid, who graduated from Southern Miss in 2009. And then you have the Director of Football Development, Logan Grubbs, a big-time Golden Eagle, Gary Grubbs' son. He's on the staff down there as well. So you got a few guys with, with Golden Eagle ties on the staff down at USA. What in the world does a quality-controlled analyst do? You know, I don't know. We've had some here. I don't really know what they do. I mean, I think it's just like an extra set of eyes on yeah, what's going on. Yeah, it's like a off-field only. They they can't be involved in coaching on the field, uh, but they can give insight and input. Usually you see, like, veteran coaches or guys that uh, just lost their last gig from a higher position that – didn't really land anywhere, uh, fall into that role. People that, that can give some good insight into uh, whatever offense or defense that they get set up on. But, um, yeah, it's it's a off-the-field role. That sounds like my perfect job. Like, I don't have to be around <laughs> all the people. It's basically you're a fan, and you wanna, you're want going to do the games anyway. You're going to be there. You get paid to watch and then to sit around. Hell, that's what we do. <laughs> I guess we're well, all quality control analysts. What you got to do is either be like on on the, the the sunset of your your college football coaching career, or uh, have a meteoric rise, get a good job, and get fired from it when you don't perform, and then you can land in one of those roles. They're uh, an interesting name as their offensive coordinator, Major Applewhite, the former Texas quarterback, also was a uh, offensive coordinator at Rice, Alabama, Texas, uh, also was a head coach at Houston. He's coming back to be the offensive coordinator at South Alabama. So that's an interesting choice. He was always someone whose name was, you know, always rumored about to be uh, in the mix, mix to be a head coach. Apparently he only made that happen at Houston back in 2017, 2018. But, uh, 
you know, definitely someone that that is well known in in college football circles. I forgot he was the head coach at Houston. It didn't last long. Didn't last. No, it long. didn't. So I mean, uh, obviously, it didn't go well. He's no. one of those guys that, uh, you know, outside of I hardly watch any games outside of Southern Miss, but I remember watching some of his games and I enjoyed watching him play. Yeah, absolutely. He's a talented he was, football player. He was 15 and 11 as a head coach. So not great. Yeah, so that's what, two seasons? Yeah. 20, 26 games, yeah. Some, some other notes on South Alabama. So South Alabama, I saw this on Twitter. They have 25 graduates on their roster. So pretty top heavy. They took a lot of transfers with, with Kane Womack coming in. I think they've got four transfers from D1 programs on their offensive line right now. Um, their quarterback is Jake Bentley. So a lot of the team that was there last year is not there this year. Um, they had a lot of turnover for various reasons. But Jake Bentley is their, their, was named their starting quarterback. He's a transfer from South Carolina. One player who is coming back is wide receiver Jalen Tolbert, who torched the Golden Eagles last year. Six receptions, <laughs> six receptions for 169 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he... He started strong. Uh, he started that game strong last year and, and got them out to a lead, and they never really looked back. Yeah, it was just throw it up to him at, at one point. We could not stop it. I mean, we knew it was going to happen, and he just made uh, – I can't remember who was on him last year, but he made him look like a little kid, and he just, it was just keep away. Uh, yeah, that was painful to watch. And it was uh, – with a lot of those guys, I mean, you had several guys set out last year and yeah. it was the first game for a lot of our guys. I'm not making any excuses or anything, but I definitely feel better about the depth in the defensive backfield this year as opposed to what we had last year. Oh, for sure. For sure. Shane, this is not Southern Miss's first time taking on an opponent in the Sun Belt. How have the Golden Eagles fared over the years? Uh, you know, the Southern Miss puts out a, a really good uh, set of of information before every game. And uh, I, I did read through that earlier. And a stat that stood out to me was our record against current Sunbelt membership is 75-19-1. And that includes our loss to South Alabama last year. Uh, so before that loss, 75-18-1 against the Sunbelt. Uh, 19's not too shabby. Uh, we've straight dominated, uh, this, these guys over the history and we need to get back to doing that. And I think Saturday's a hell of a time to start. We touched on the South Alabama Jaguars. Let's talk about the Golden Eagles because the death chart was released today. Now you have to take this with a grain of salt because, uh, Will Hall has, was it competition Tuesdays? Mm -hmm. So apparently like every Tuesday, Every spot is up for grabs. So some of these guys have had some really, really close races, and you could see someone different start at some of these positions. Um, the left tackle position with uh, Brayson Mays and Tykeem Doss, that's been a battle back and forth. So keep in mind, with this depth chart that came out today, you could see some changes as soon as Tuesday, if not by announced by Saturday. So some stuff that stuck out to me on the depth chart. So, you've, of course, you've got Trey Lowe as a starting quarterback, which is fully expected. You've got uh, – it says T-Webb or Ty Keys as his number two. Hopefully, 
well, I say hopefully we don't. Hopefully we do have to see the backup in the capacity that we're blowing out the game. But in all likelihood, hopefully we just see Trey Lowe. <laughs> um, running back, so they've got Frank Gore as the starting running back. No surprise there. Darius Mayberry backing him up. And then uh, Dejon Richard, number three on the death chart. So you have to feel good about what we have coming in at running back. This is the first time in a while, as far as the backfield goes, first time that we've seen uh, fullback on the depth chart. And they've got uh, Cole Cavallo is uh, number one at fullback, and Narika's driver is backing him up at fullback. I have a feeling you'll see both of them. You may see both of them on the field together at different times. It's going to be really interesting to see how this Will Hall offense plays out. At tight end, Grayson Gunner, as expected, the starter at tight end, and then then Luke Baker, Luke Baker who's had some flash, and as somebody that's a, you know has a lot of potential as well at, at the number two at tight end. As far as the receivers go, Jason Brownlee, Dequan Bailey Brown, and Antoine Robinson, Shirty, all in the starting roles. Really good to see Dequan Bailey Brown out there starting after he's after the injuries that he's fought through. Um, Jason Brownlee, Shirty Robinson, no surprise with those two, two of the the, the best receivers that we had last last season. Uh, backing them up, Jacarius Caston, Brad Dennis. You still shout out to Greg Dennis. Used to work with Greg. Um, and then you've got Demarcus Jones, uh, all running the second string. As far as the offensive line, there's there's been some things. There's been some movement in place here. There's been some some roles that have kind of been fortified. But as of right now, the starting offensive line is Takeem Doss at left tackle, Jerquan Scott. At left guard, Arvin Fletcher moving from tackle to center, Bryce Foxworth at right guard, and then Kalik Washington at right tackle. Now, I don't know how accurate this is, but here are the weights for those five. 379, 331, 313, 307, 339. That is a pretty hefty starting five. That's maybe one of the biggest that, that we've ever had at Southern Miss. Make the workers at a buffet cry when those boys walk in. <laughs> and hopefully that'll play right into, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I mean, not that they haven't been out there busting them and are in this spot, but in the kind of offense that I think Coach Hall would, would prefer, um, you know, running behind these big guys on probably, a you know, a smaller defensive front from South Alabama. And they're missing a guy, right? They're missing um, Jamie Sheriff. Who's going to be out for the season? He was a starting defensive lineman for them. So, being without one of their best players and putting our biggest guys uh, for people like Frank Gore and D Baker and all the guys uh, Richard to run behind, uh, I guess that plays right into it. And and it would be nice for us to to show up with a bigger set of people than the people across from us because it seems like in football that turns out well. And it's a hell of a start. I think that their defensive line was kind of slated to be one of their strengths. So you may see, you know, kind of our strengths against their strengths up front. Uh, you know, you got to feel really good about what we've got coming back on the offensive line and what we've brought in, um, especially with that size. And, and, and the scrimmages, you know, I don't know if that says something about the way that our defensive line, the depth that we have on defensive line, or, or is our offensive line going to be just that good? So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how that that plays out this season. As far as what they've got lining up right now, so they're they've got uh, two guys. So uh, Janarius Johnson, two ninety five, uh, Wakevius Thomas, three oh five, nose tackle and defensive tackle, 
their bandit end is 270. Their wolf end is 230. So, yeah, we uh, we definitely have a size advantage for sure. Absolutely. I saw in one of the, I believe it was South Alabama's uh, game info release, of our line averages 6'4", 333. That's outstanding, man. Some big boys. That's that's almost like you is like is that too big? <laughs> uh, I'd rather deal with that problem than the the alternative. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, there you we go. Um, on the defensive side of the ball for the Golden Eagles. So let's just start up front on the defensive line. Three names that you're you you should be familiar with. Uh, defensive end is Eric Kitchen at the running with the ones. Nose tackle, Ty Sykes. Defensive tackle, Dominic Quiwan. And then, um, kind of a, as an edge slash off, uh, outside linebacker, Josh Carr, transfer from southeastern Louisiana. I think we mentioned him on the show a couple weeks ago. He's, he's done a really good job in uh, the scrimmages and practices for the Golden Eagles. Backing them up, Deshaun Crawford at uh, defensive end. He transferred from Virginia Tech. Uh, Josh Ratcliffe, nose tackle. Uh, Michael Police, a defensive tackle, and then Everett Cunningham, the transfer from Memphis, backing up Josh Carr. Uh, we get into the linebacking core, and it looks like we are going to be without Swayze Bozeman for a bit longer. Not exactly sure how long it is, but the two starting linebackers they have slated on the depth chart right now, Avery Habas and Chantrell Latham. Chantrell Latham, not a surprise, had a great career as a Golden Eagle, but They've got Avery Habas over Hayes Maples. Hayes Maples, that being the second string. But Hayes has been injured. He just got cleared this week. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure we'll be we'll be good with whoever we have out there. But it's, it's definitely a surprise not to see Hayes atop the depth chart. But hey, hopefully Avery has has done enough to you know secure that spot. He's the guy that looks like Thor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> I hope he leaves the hammer on somebody. That'd just be too too perfect. That's a solid group right there, though, with Habas, Maples, Latham, and TQ Newsom. Absolutely, oh, yeah. I didn't I mean, mention you know, TQ Newsom, who's who's right. really been coming on strong. The, uh, you know, played a it's quarterback at in Gulfport. You know, they moved into running back here and moved him over to the defensive side of the ball where he's he started to shine. So he'll definitely be someone that fortifies that front seven for the Golden Eagles for years to come. That says something for a kid too that's willing to do that. I mean, you you're the the literal quarterback of the team in, in high school. You go to college knowing that you're not going to be a quarterback, but, you know, uh, maybe still get to keep the ball in your hands at running back, and then you get asked to move to, to defense and, and not only do it, but really seem to embrace it and excel. So uh, that, that's always a, a good character statement for a, for a kid when that, that kind of situation plays out. And, and uh, you know, best of luck to him. Hopefully he goes as far as he can uh, playing defense. What would you guys rather do, offense or defense? It depends. Uh, at my size, neither. Um, I'm just fine <laughs> in, the, in the stands. Um, defensive backfield of anything, but I'm really slow, so that's not going to work well. Um, do I, if I get to pick my size and speed, then I could go either way. Uh, but no, I'm not trying to get murdered out there. It really depends on the talent of everybody else playing. Um, yeah, you know. I That's, played Mississippi private school white boy football and wasn't even great at that. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not stepping on a oh, yeah, I mean, football no, field. I, 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 there's zero chance you'll ever find me out there, like getting tackled and 
putting myself in, you know, car crashes on a daily basis. But uh, no, but I know like, you know, playing flag football, I always like playing defense a little bit better because you're always doing something. It seems like if you're on offense, you kind of know the play's not coming your way. Well, I'm just not great at, you know, still hustling. uh, A buddy (laughs) of mine. Clint Malone was on the scout team uh, for a couple of years. He walked onto the football program. He played uh, high school football in Florida, uh, Lakeland, Florida, and walked on. And, and Clint's an athletic guy. Uh, and uh, But after a couple of years, he was like, dude, I just got so sick of getting my skull crushed every practice <laughs> by these monstrous human beings. He was like, I did it for two years. And he was like, I knew I was never making it off scout team. And I, and I was done. Uh, he was like, it was just uh, those guys are giant and fast. And it's very scary. In the defensive backfield, and this was kind of a surprise, um, the defensive backfield, not a surprise that – Tyreek Moody is starting at nickel, but that the backup was Cameron Harrell. You know, Cameron Harrell who had a really solid year, um, you know, from the cornerback position. And and who's to say that this will be the case this weekend? We don't know. But Cameron Harrell kind of felt like someone who was going to definitely be a, a, a starter for the team. So kind of a surprise there, but you know you'll see him play a lot. And also it's good to have have that depth. Then at uh, – at the two quarterback spots, we've got Rayshon Mitchell and Eric Scott as starters. Rayshon Mitchell, who was uh, back with the Golden Eagles. I think he opted out the early last season, but was able to come back. And then they, backing up both of them is Natron Brooks, who who also spent some time as a starter of the Nature Boy at times last year. So Woo! those are your cornerbacks. At safety, at free safety, you've got Jay Stanley. Jay Stanley is the starter. And at the weak side safety, you've got Malik Shorts. Uh, neither of those are, are a surprise. Backing them up, free safety, Lacavius Daniel, also a transfer from Ole Miss in addition to Stanley. And then TB, Tyler Barnes, backing up shorts. Uh, I'm really, you know, Jay Stanley kind of stood out to me in the spring game. And you take you take from the spring game what, it, what you will. It was the spring game. But I was really impressed with his size and kind of his athletic ability. So I'm kind of curious to see what he does in the backfield for the uh, – or in the back five for the for the Golden Eagles. Um, how, at, how many times did Coach Hall say his name this fall, too? I mean, I, I felt like every other interview, if it wasn't um, uh, Car- is it Josh Carr that came from southeastern Louisiana? Yes. Um, yeah. uh, if it wasn't him, then it, it was Jay Stanley, whose name was being said in, in some uh, both. Uh, I'm, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited about seeing that guy get on the field uh, after all all the good things that have been said about him over fall camp. As far as looking at the team, okay, where where are the holes? You know, we do have some depth issues up front on the defensive line right now, and, and make no mistake, particularly in the interior. We just, uh, um, I can't remember. It doesn't matter who what his name is that left and transferred out. Turner, but Turner, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacques Turner transferred to uh, Louisville, um, and really, I'm not really sure where he would stand with this. I mean, because Todd Sykes really came on strong last year. Um, and I feel good about Taj, but when you start getting on down the depth chart, if there are any injuries, that could be a, a position to keep an eye on. Is it's along the defensive line. As far as the special teams, um, it appears that Briggs Bourgeois has secured the both the kickoff and place kicking duties. Uh, been in a battle with Andrew Stein, so I you know wouldn't shock me to see either of those guys back there on the foot. Is that what you call it? I don't know. Uh, punting the ball, Mason Hunt is uh, listed as the starter with Griffin Fleming backing him up. Mason apparently has had uh, a really good 
fall camp. Uh, TJ Harvey as the uh, deep snapper. Uh, Peyton Snyder as a holder. On kick returns, Cam Harrell and Shirty Robinson. And then on punt returns, we've got Natron Brooks with uh, Daquan Bailey-Brown backing him up. So there you have it. The Game 1 depth chart as of this recording, that could all change tomorrow. So (laughs) (laughs) wherever you follow Southern Miss uh, Athletics. How do you guys feel about this uh, initial depth chart for the Golden Eagles? I'm kind of surprised to see Daquan. I mean, I'm glad he's up there, but, you know, he's he's had some injuries. Uh, He's coming back. I've been waiting to watch him play for the longest time now. And <clears throat> I, I'm glad that I'm going to get a chance to uh, this weekend. But um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a very interesting uh, pieces to the puzzle there. Um, you know, I, I've always thought that we we're talented. Um, if you can take talent and combine that with being bought in with what I think is going to be a pretty solid scheme all the way around, you know, it's it starts to, to get you excited. To, oh, to there it is. Play. <laughs> well, I, 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 I am. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be excited to watch him play. Um, I'm, I'm still, I still have to see a lot of it with my own eyes, but, um, and I'm still really worried about what we're going to do if QB one goes down. But, um, but no, I mean, do you guys feel anywhere the same way? Like, I, I, I thought that we've had talent. I'm just like, how the hell are we losing these games the last couple of years? Um, and it just seemed like we didn't, you know, try, uh, honestly, and, and, and a lot of and a lot of the uh, efforts we put out there. So it seems all signs point to us just being full of try and um, and 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 just and I don't know. I, I think that our, our coaching staff has these guys completely bought in and I'm, I'm just ready to I'm, I'm ready to see us against somebody else at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just like Jason, I'm excited. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. I'm excited. Jason's excited. Everybody's excited. You sure you're excited, Jason? <laughs> I am. I'm oh, good. I just wanted to double check. I'm a little there. tired from being up all night watching it rain, uh, but it, it doesn't. And I don't, I don't think it's really fully sunk in yet that we have a football game this week, uh, five days away. So can't yes. wait. Five days. Yeah, um, that sounds right. I'm not, I'm not good with the math. That sounds right. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it seems like it's been forever, and it kind of snuck up on me at the same time. <laughs> I mean, if we want to do the math, it's uh, what nine o'clock there. The game. Oh god, we doing this hours thing again? Central. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought it may be fun. It may be five days. It may be like end of the sixth day is what I'm getting at. But, hey, uh, it, it, you know, and tomorrow uh, with the guys that do the the number on the uniform um, to coincide with how many days we have left. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's number four. What other number four could you possibly go with? Uh, have they let anybody wear number four since then? Uh, yeah. Have they? Yeah. Well, okay. besides Seymour. Uh, yeah. The, the, one of the greatest Seymours of all time got to wear <laughs> the number four. All right. I mean, I think I hear that guy's got a criminal record in Lincoln, Nebraska. He does have a crew. <laughs> okay, on that note, not to derail the conversation. Derail it. I was cur- like I was talking with somebody about that incident a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, I wonder whatever happened to Officer Barb McGill. And she apparently spent a lot of time at Nebraska, and I saw some other article on her as a 
police officer. I don't know if she's retired yet or not, but shout out to Officer Barb McGill if you're listening. Let's let's have coffee next time I'm in Omaha or Lincoln or whatever. <laughs> Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Um, you should have if she has not retired yet, you should send her flowers when she retires. Dude, that would be all. I'm going to send her flowers. I think you owe it to her just for making her day a little harder. Yeah, I should. And I should put a pair of Nebraska athletic shorts around them, like yanked down, like around the flowers <laughs> around the base. So before we get to our, our new little segment this week, let's uh, let's have another shout out to our friends at BetUS. Bet with a three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125. Or you get a 200% bonus with using crypto to make your deposit by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. Now, we are going to – there you go. Thump it up. I'll drink to that. So we are going to start a new segment as as part of our little agreement here with BetUS, and we just decided to do this. They didn't make us do this. But we are going to give our picks on 10 bets every week. And this week we've got nine games with one over and under. So we'll go down the list of games. Everybody makes their picks, and then – we will kind of keep a tally as the season goes along. So this will be fun. Shane, let's start first with this first game. East Carolina taking on Appalachian State. Appalachian State is a 10.5-point favorite as of this recording. So, Shane, what is your pick? App State, ECU, 10.5 points. Well, I, I mainly pay attention to the Golden Eagles, and, and 99% of my attention span goes to the Golden Eagles. But I do have what I feel like is a little bit of advantage here because I live up in, in the North Carolina country. Uh, so there's a couple of games that were – or three games that, that we're starting with that I feel like I may have my finger on the pulse of these programs a little better than you boys. Uh, I'm going to take Appalachian State and their 10.5 points in that one. Jason. What say you? Well, uh, you know, I haven't done any research on any of this whatsoever. So first of all, there we go. Get that out of the way. Um, But no, it's hard for me to pick anybody that's, you know, affiliated with the Fighting Gilberts. So I'm going to take App State uh, minus (laughs) ten and a half as well. I forgot all about that. I'm going to complete the run there and go with App State for the trifecta. Our next game. The Old Dominion Monarchs and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Wake Forest is a 31-point favorite. Shane, what say you? I don't know where this 31-point line is coming from for, for Wake Forest. I don't know if they got an entirely new team between last season and this season. Uh, not that they're horrible, but Old Dominion's not that bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Old Dominion on this one. Jason, same thing. Yeah, same thing. I, I, I hope, hope I don't agree with Shane all the way down the, the, the line here, but 31 is an awful lot of points, especially for the very first game of the year. I know Vegas is not like that wrong a lot, but uh, 31 points is, is a lot. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I think I have to go with the uh, – ah, shoot. Hmm. You know what? Yeah, I'm taking Old Dominion. Old Dominion, they, they, they can't be that terrible. 
I'm I'm going with Old Dominion as well. They're not projected to do great, but that is a that's a 31 points is a very very large margin, and I, it's very rare that you would actually hit that unless you are a Will Hall offense coming to the Rock. <laughs> up next we have the duke blue devils again in shane country duke blue devils charlotte 49ers duke a six and a half point favorite yeah duke's uh right in my backyard and, and uh david cutcliffe has built a respectable program there uh i like what charlotte's going on i think they're a conference usa team that's on the rise uh, with that game being in Charlotte, I'm actually going to take Charlotte uh, at plus six and a half on that. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. I'm taking uh, I'm taking Duke. That's a touchdown, you know. Um, and I, I I don't have much faith in Charlotte at all, especially after that goofy ass beer can they came out with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Blue Devils as well. So this is our first disagreement. Up next, we have the Rice Owls and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Arkansas, a 20-point favorite. I think Rice is going to be improved this year. They, they keep showing steps in the right direction. And if there's an Arkansas, if there's an SEC team that likes to lose to non-SEC teams, it's Arkansas. I'm going to take Rice in this one at plus 20. And I think Rice has also just kind of built to not give up just a ton of points. Um but it, it seems like, you know, when we played Rice last year, they like to muck it up in the middle. Um, and they'll be able to do that a lot. But I just without knowing really anything about Arkansas, I would like to think that they're going to have some big time playmakers on the outside that, you know, that 20 points. I mean, that's three touchdown game. I know it's the beginning of the year, but I'm going to have to go Arkansas. Oh, I think that the Rice Owls are kind of a dark horse pick in uh, Conference USA this this season. Uh, I think that they I think that they can at least hold the hold off the twenty points. So I'm gonna go with the Rice Owls. So now we 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 none of us have the same exact picks. Four picks in, which is Good outstanding. Nice. Up next we have the Marshall Thund- Thundering Herd and the Navy Midshipmen. Navy is oh excuse me, Marshall is a two and a half point favorite. Uh I like Marshall. I think they had a good squad last year. They kind of lost it there at the end, but uh, I like Marshall at uh, two and a half on the road on this one. Uh, Navy is so hard to prepare for, right? Um, The difference with this is that you weren't preparing for somebody else last week. So I'm going to think I'm going to go with uh, with Shane as well and and take Marshall. I'm going to complete the trifecta there. I I don't think – you know, Marshall is kind of one of the teams that, that people are picking in Conference USA, particularly in the East. And, and Navy is is a very, very sneaky, tricky team. Um, but I think Marshall has enough to, to pull that game off or at least not lose by more than two points. <laughs> uh, this next one is interesting. It's the Battle of the Leg Humpers. We've got <laughs> Louisiana Tech and Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the Bulldogs are 23-and-a-half-point favorite against the Bulldogs. So, See, uh, what I think is key here is what was that defensive back at Louisiana Tech last last few years? Uh, that was a Meek Roberts. Yeah, Roberts. Roberts. Is he yeah. gone? He has yes. been gone, yes. He's, right, with the, he's with the Raiders. I'm taking Mississippi State on this one then. If if uh, 
and, and they're at 20, yeah, uh, getting 23 and a half or giving a half. Um, I, if he was still there, I would say that Mike Leach's air raid offense is going to produce a lot of turnovers. Uh, but since he's gone, uh, that guy was an absolute animal. I, I think, yeah, I, I look for state to put up a lot of points on Louisiana Tech, not knowing anything about their secondary, but that guy's gone. It can't be great. I really hate that I'm having to, it's like, who do I hate less really, when I'm trying to do this thing? And if I'm, you know, there's no, there's no, I think what the, there's no betting with my heart on this one because <laughs> I hate them both equally. Um, oh, God, I hate to have to do this. <laughs> but I, I don't, at the beginning of the year, ah, screw it. I'll go La Tech. I think they're going to get hammered. I, I, I fully think that, that they're going to lose by a lot. 23 and a half is more than three touchdowns. Mississippi State probably has the ability to do that, especially with Leach just throwing it all over the place. Because um, you know those Mike Leach teams, they can just score so quick. But you can just you know you can blink and you're down a couple scores. Um, but I do think that I hate Mississippi State worse than La Tech somehow. Um, so that's my reasoning, and I'm taking Tech. All right, Jason Tech. I um, based on kind of. Tech just kind of didn't really have that great of a year last year. I don't really know how much more improved they will be. Uh, Mississippi State lost some good players as well. Uh, that being said, the game's in Starkville. I know Tech can be scrappy. I just don't expect them to be scrappy enough. 23 and a half is, is a little bit more than my comfort zone, but I'm going to pick Mississippi State on this one as, uh, as my pick in the game. Now, up next, this is an interesting game. This is an interesting game right here. UTSA taking on the Illinois Fighting Illini. Illinois is a six-point favorite. Was it Illinois that played Nebraska this past weekend? Yes, that's correct. Okay, I watched a little bit of that game. Um, am I the only person that's not buying into the UTSA, uh, UTSA hype? Like, I, I feel like they're getting a lot of preseason hype. Maybe it's just because some of their people are involved with some of the uh, – uh, G5 uh, uh, sports sites, so they're they're pumping them up, and I'm seeing that a lot. But I just I don't get all this UTSA hype in the West for Conference USA. I'm going to go with Illinois on this one. Uh, they're the home team. Uh, I see them winning that game by more than a touchdown. Completely agree. It's 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 Illinois by a truckload. Um, I'm with you, Shane. I, I've I've never really understood the hype. Uh, surrounding UTSA, it's it's almost like a like the conference, and it, it's like they're they just kind of want them to be better than they are, always. Um, so, and and I'm not sure how bad Nebraska really is, uh, but I, I have a good feeling that they're probably better than UTSA, right? So, taking the the uh, Illini. They may not be though, is is the thing. But uh, at the <laughs> point standing, uh, Scott Frost just uh, kind of fell apart when he got to his alma mater. That's completely different subject for a completely different podcast. But yeah, I'd, uh, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, Brett Brett Bielema, the head coach of Illinois, runs a Smash Mouth style of football, and you know I think the Roadrunner strengths are in running the ball as well. Uh, I think it's going to be Illinois. I think that they. Uh, you know, I think they'll ride the momentum of uh, last week's game. But that being said, you know, UTSA, I, I'm, I'm with you on the hype. But at the same time, I do think they're a formidable team in the West. 
Um, it wouldn't be an, an entirely be a shocker if they were to win it. But that being said, I'm not buying into the hype either. I'm going to pick Illinois. Next game is the Florida Atlantic Owls against the Florida Gainesville Gators. And Florida Gators <laughs> are a 23-and-a-half point favorite. Yeah, um, Lane Kiffin's not in Boca anymore. I'm going with the Gators on this one. Same. Uh, the Gators, uh, it, it, this is one of those games that I would I would like to hope. You know, it's not that Florida Atlantic doesn't have ability. Um, we saw it most of the year last year, and then we just completely railed them right there at the end. But for what, like, you know, three quarters of the season, they're a really solid team. But this is the kind of game that they will come out and probably just, you know, drizzle right down their leg against the uh, big brother in the state and Florida rolls and taking the Gators. Yeah, I'm not a uh, I'm not a big Willie Taggart fan. Um, I, and, you know, we, we've seen what Dan Mullen can do with sustained success as much as I really could care less for Cousin Eddie. Um, it's getting to be about that time. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Florida Gators as well, which brings us to our final game of the slate. And we have two bets in this. Our final game of the slate, the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles and the South Alabama Jaguars. It's got. Hold on. South Alabama is a one-point favorite, according to BetUS. They're a one-point favorite, but they're the home team, which gives you about three points. So they're they're not quite a favorite. The the interesting thing about that is last week when we did this, when we recorded the episode, I believe we were a one-and-a-half-point favorite. We were. Okay. So, I mean, basically it's a pick em, So. Shane, let's hear what you have to say. Boys, don't ever think I'm going to pick against the Eagles. When we go to Tuscaloosa <laughs> in a few weeks, I'm picking the Eagles. Uh, it, it may not be the smart bet money-wise, but there is black and gold in these veins, and you will never hear me pick against Southern Miss. Well, we'll probably be like a 40-point underdog, too, so that's – you know, yeah, you may well, be, that may help be a me, good call. Yeah, absolutely. If, if, yeah, I don't <laughs> care what what the spread is in that game. Southern Miss is uh, is who I'm going with. It's hard not to take Southern Miss in this. I mean, we're, we're the ultimate homers. And I mentioned earlier, I wasn't going to bet with my heart. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> you weren't going to uh, get excited about the season either. But yeah. that's out the window. Yeah. No, I was always excited about the season. Not as excited as some of this <laughs> nonsense, like 12 and 0 type talk but uh but no i have um like we've talked about shoot for this show and other shows uh the ability to set a miss as uh and and how we've uh represented that ability on the field in the last couple of years has just been just head scratching at times so um to be at one point you know i i can see a lot of scenarios uh playing out in this game, but none of them really, in my mind, have South Alabama scoring a ton of points um, against Southern Miss, and I think we're going to have the ability to, to run the ball and keep the ball out of their hands anyway. So just the one point being basically a pick on my, I would have to go with Southern Miss just based on nothing but just just ability and just scheme. It's, you know, it's, it's basically Womack's D versus Hall's offense, right? Um, and right out of the gate, I would like to think the offense – has uh, has the advantage over the defense. So even though it's on the road, I think that I don't think that's going to play a part. Um, so, you know, Southern Miss might even equal or have more fans than than South Alabama does anyway. So 
you know, I have to guess that I miss. Interesting thing here. So, you know, like I said, last week, Southern Miss was a one and a half point favorite. Now they're one and uh, one point underdog. So what caused the line to move by two and a half points? It's very interesting. Um, in addition to that, the over under moved from 55 to 57. So there's been a lot of money going down on South Alabama and there's been some money going down on the, on the over. Um, this is not Will Hall's first battle with Kane Womack. They know each other for, you know, Womack's time at South Alabama and, and, uh, and uh, Will Hall's time at ULL. Um, but this is not Will Hall's first rodeo as a head coach either. And I feel like, South Alabama with the, they have the influx of transfers, particularly up front on the offensive line, which definitely makes, you know, is an interesting, um, something in their favor, I guess. But at the same time, I feel great about our offensive line, how we stack up, uh, the excitement's here. The players are buying in. It's a totally different mentality. I am a little worried about, um, some of the, the holes that we have on the team, particularly up front as far as depth goes, but, I was going to take the Golden Eagles as a one-and-a-half-point favorite, so I will definitely take them as a one-point underdog. Now, our last bet is the over and under of 57 points total in the game. So if if the line holds up and the points total holds up, that's what, a 24-23 South Alabama victory. Yeah, this is a tougher one for me than the first one. Um, I... I'm going to go with the over on this one. Um, I just feel like the Eagles are going to score way more than that, and, and the Jags are going to score way less. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going over. Yeah, if Southern Miss does score a lot of points, uh, the way that we're going to score them, I don't think that South Alabama is going to have the ball enough to score a lot of points. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we we, we, has, we have that ability. So let's just say, you know, Southern Miss scores 34. Well, you know, to, to get to that number, um, South Alabama would have to have the ball a lot, but they don't, they're not going to have the ball a lot if we score the 34. So, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under on the 57. I, I think that a lot of time betters will be aggressive when it comes to the over. Um, and I think that I think we're definitely going to be in a better position defensively this time go around than we were last year. And I feel like with us running the ball, uh, and I think it's going to be a tempo. I mean, I don't think we're going to run the ball entirely. I think we're, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's a match. I think you'll see a lot of tempo in the game. Um, but, uh, I think that I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a battle all the way to the end. That being said, Kane Woman's a defensive co- coach. Um, we like to run the ball. That's what it's going to come down to. So I'm going to go with the under as well. So there you have it. Hmm. Our our week one picks. We will we will keep a, a tabulation on these each and every week, and uh, as we go through the season. So this will be fun. We'll see how this plays out. But if you want to bet, betus.com promo code TTTT125 for a 125% bonus. Um, something else interesting this week. I know you guys probably saw this. Our friends. At the Roost had a tweet. It was from it was a letter from Conference USA, basically <laughs> asking the friends and fans to help spread the word. They also made reference to the 12 teams in Conference USA. Never mind that we have 14. Um, 
so yeah, that was a, an interesting letter to to go out asking fans for their assistance in the efforts to help spread the word about Conference USA. I mean, I, I've seen our marketing stuff. I know we have a budget. Um, yeah. Once again, the, the yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I read it, and it was one of the things I read, and then I had to do a double take and go, does this, does this, was this put out by like a like a parody site? <laughs> you know, is this just one of those like like the Conference USA refs or whatever that one is? You know, um, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't understand why you can't proofread it. I don't understand why Judy makes so much money. Um, and I, you know, and for those people out there that it seems like whenever Conference USA, uh, upper management starts to get ripped on Twitter or on social anywhere that people always chime in, you know, that, that didn't help in anything. You know, we need to converse through the best they can. I'm like, well, then they do stuff like this. And what the hell are we supposed to do with this information? <laughs> you know, um, it's so bad. It's just, it's just so, just lack of effort. Um, best case scenario, it's like a Boy Scout letter, you know, I don't know. I, I, I try my best to stay out of it, but when they do stuff like this, it's, it's, it's really hard for me to do that. <laughs> mm. That's, that's how I feel about that letter. I'm going in for poor number four. I believe this is at this point, <laughs> because you know what? Not only did all the other things uh, that Jamie mentioned happen, but the letter was also dated July 27th, 2021, <laughs> and uh, it was received at the end of August. Uh, so that means they had been sitting on the draft of that letter for a month with 12 <laughs> teams in the conference before they sent it out. I, just, I don't – I know – that when Judy came into Conference USA, it was not an easy situation to be stepping into. But how in the hell do the presidents of the university still have patience with this woman after the the state of the conference and her leadership in whatever year it is? It's uh, our we've got the worst TV deal in all of, of college football. The Sun Belt has a better deal than we do now. And it just seems like leadership is is just gone. There, there's no direction. There's no vision behind the conference other than, hey, fans, we need your help promoting the sportsmanship initiative. <laughs> uh, pick two teams that you want to leave out of it, uh, whichever two. It doesn't matter because we didn't specify. But, yeah, just uh, help us out. Twelve of the 14 of you have to be good sportsmen. The other two can be. 1990s Florida State. Do you guys have people that you work with that you call on a regular basis, like every day? Like, say an email comes out and you're like, man, what the hell? Or anything like that. Or your boss says something or, you know, you ran into a customer that did this. And do you guys have people that you call and kind of, you know, talk about your day, vent a little bit and that sort of thing? Not every day. My organization's fairly small, but yeah, I do have those people where it's just like, did you see this ridiculous bullshit? Can we talk about this for a minute? <laughs> well, where I'm I going used with to. This is, I used yeah, to. <laughs> so, so where I'm going with this is, do you think McLean has that? Like, he has like the Rolodex full of all the other athletic directors within the conference, and maybe even some other conferences, and something like that rolls across the desk, and you look at it kind of like we did. Like, who do you think that is that McLean's calling up? Going, did you see this? No, 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 no. Go to your inbox. You know, oh man, it's just such a train wreck. And I would, I would really like to be a fly on the wall uh, for some of those conversations. 
in in just to touch on NFL news this week, we had uh, as far as my as far as I know at this point, we had four Golden Eagles released um, thus far in the the NFL cuts as they get down to their their final 53 man roster. Ito Smith released by the Vikings, Nick Mullins released by the Eagles, Picasso Nelson released by the Cardinals, and Cornell Armstrong released by the Texans. So. Hopefully uh, those guys can can land with a uh, another team in a different situation or back with the original team. Who knows? But hopefully they get another shot somewhere. Shane, I know we had some soccer go down this past weekend. Can you tell us a little bit about the Lady Eagles? We did. Uh, soccer had a couple matches over the last week, uh, both really exciting. Uh, the the first match was uh, back on Thursday, the twenty sixth. Uh, the Lady Eagles opened the home slate of their schedule with an eight to nothing win over Nichols State. Uh, eight to nothing, and this game was called with 14 minutes left because I don't know if a lot of people know about this, but the track and field soccer complex does not have lighting. Uh, so the game was called on account of darkness with 14 minutes left with the Eagles leading eight to zero. Um, uh, just as kind of a, a side tangent off of that. Both the men's and women's track teams have, have won championships. Uh, the soccer team seems to be on the rise. I don't know if you guys are also embarrassed by the fact that our soccer and track complex doesn't have lights, but uh, hopefully we can do something about that. Uh, it's 2021, and our soccer team can't play past dusk. That just seems a little, <laughs> little silly. Um, I, I know lights are, are not uh, free, and, and they need to be paid for, but – at a bare minimum, we we should be able to throw some lights up over there. Um, do we need to circle a bunch of guys in jacked up trucks around and just turn <laughs> headlights on? Uh, you know, it's uh, South Mississippi. I've seen it done before. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can find the resources to add some lights to that complex because I had forgotten that there were none over there. And that's just kind of crazy. But uh, back to the Back to the game itself, uh, it was the sixth straight home opener win for uh, Ladies Eagle Soccer. Uh, six players scored in that match. Um, I've had a few pours of whiskey, so, yeah, we're going to go through this list of names. Um, <laughs> you guys know how much I, I love that. Um, before we get into the ladies that, that scored or that did score goals, uh, the Lady Eagles outshot Nichols in this match 23 to zero. So. Uh, easy to see with zero shots on goals, how you score zero, but, uh, 23 shots. The, the, our, our girls were just absolutely pummeling that court, poor keeper from Nichols State. So, um, uh, Ariel Diaz, uh, scored two goals, uh, and then, um, uh, kind of a freshman that's exploding onto the scene. Uh, this is probably going to be the one that I butcher the most, but, uh, Alana is Quaredo. Uh, we'll, we'll go with that, uh, is, uh, also scored two goals. Uh, and, and I'll touch on her a little bit later as well. I actually know I'm a married man and she's a college student. I will not touch on her <laughs> later, but I will go back and, and speak on some more information on her. Uh, Madison Flamia, who, uh, that is an awesome name. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about going to the courthouse and, and changing my last name to Flamia. Uh, Mia Sadler. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tegnadia Kobite. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to you and your entire family. Um, and then, uh, Ellis Klein Spindola. 
So, uh, again, six different uh, Lady Eagles soccer players uh, scored in that match in the 8-0 to win. Uh, a couple of notes. Uh, well, not a couple of notes. I've already touched on the others, but we have 14 freshmen on this squad. Uh, and Miss uh, Isqueredo uh, is one of those. She is tied uh, so far into the season for the lead in Conference USA. Uh, in two weeks into the season, she scored four goals as a freshman. Uh, so that's pretty solid. Um, uh, a note that relates to us, but, but not necessarily Golden Eagle specific. Uh, as you remember, previous week, we lost a, a heartbreaker two to one to LSU. Well, LSU went on the road and won two to one at number 15 South Florida, uh, the same night that we beat Nichols eight to nothing. Uh, so. Uh, that that LSU win is, or the LSU close loss, excuse me, is looking a little bit more in, impressive uh, with that win. Uh, and then the Lady Eagles were in action again Sunday, the 29th, fell in a heartbreaker in the second extra period to Alabama, three to two. Uh, Alabama jumped out to a two to nothing lead, uh, but uh, Alana is Cuerdo. Uh, scored two goals to bring us back in uh, our last season's offensive player of the year and this season's preseason offensive player of the year. Uh, Ariel Diaz had uh, assist on both of those goals and our senior goalkeeper, Kendall Mendich, uh, had seven saves in that match, but just came up uh, just a few seconds short uh, there at the end. Uh, Bama snuck in one to to take the Lady Eagles out three to two. So uh, the Lady Eagles stand at two and two on this young season, uh, but uh, some uh, an impressive win uh, in just overpowering fashion. A couple of close losses on the road to SEC squads, uh, following the the momentum that they built last year. Uh, it, it's feeling like the Lady Eagles uh, have got another momentum building season in front of them. Uh, following up this next week, uh, the Lady Eagles will host Little, the Little Rock Trojans in Hattiesburg Friday, September 3rd at 4 o'clock. And then they'll turn around on Sunday, September 5th and head up to Jackson for a match at Jackson State at 1 o'clock. Um, on top of soccer news, volleyball kicked off their season. Uh, this past week uh, with the Southern Miss Classic hosted there at the Wellness Center on Southern Miss's campus. Volleyball got out to a bang and start at 4-0. Uh, uh, all four matches there at uh, the, the Southern Miss Classic, the Lady Eagles took Friday, August the 27th. Uh, they took uh, a 3-0 to zero, uh, sets over Mississippi Valley State University. Uh, and then followed that up a little later in the day with a three to one win over Southern Illinois Salukis or Southern Illinois, the Salukis, or is that Northern Illinois? Southern Illinois is the Salukis. Okay. Yeah. I, I remembered them from a visit to the Pete a few years ago. Um, Salukis is a solid mascot. Anybody that doesn't know what that is, I looked it up and it's a kind of a long haired greyhound looking dog. Um, <laughs> so, uh, there's, there's your fun fact for the day of Saluki as a dog. Um, then Saturday, uh, after starting the season two and zero on Friday, August twenty eighth, uh, the Lady Eagles kept the the power going with a three to nothing win over USC Upstate, followed by closing out the tournament with a three to two win over Ooh La La. Um, so again, uh, didn't mean to smack in everyone's ear there. I apologize. Uh, the Lady Eagles start the season four and zero. 
Next up is the Crimson Tide Invitational. Uh, as you can imagine, that's going to be in Tuscaloosa, uh, hosted by the Crimson Tide. Friday, September 3rd, uh, the ladies face Buffalo at 10 o'clock that morning and then turn around at 2 o'clock and face Troy. And then Saturday, September 4th, the Lady Eagles face Bama at 2. Uh, that's all the action that has occurred. Uh, but the women's golf team is going to kick off their season this weekend at the Crossing Golf Club in Mobile, Alabama, hosted by University of South Alabama. So not only do we have football going on in Mobile this weekend, uh, but golf will, women's golf will get kicked off as well. Excited to see what they do. Uh, and then the following week, men's golf and cross-country startups. So uh, about to have uh, quite a few sports going on here in the fall. Yeah, it sounds like it, definitely. And, yeah, it sounds like soccer and volleyball are off to a really solid start. So shout-out to them on that. Uh, would you guys have any shout-outs this week? <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to give a few shout-outs. First of all, of course, a shout-out to uh, all the Eagle fans that made it through Ida. Um and probably will still be making it through Ida uh, for the uh, days and weeks to come. But shout out to everybody there. Um, shout out to Common Sense Eagle on uh, on Twitter. You guys go follow him. He, of course, is providing the tickets to the South Alabama game this week. Uh, shout out to my squeaky chair. Um, all apologies. I don't know if that's coming through over the air, kind of like Shane's crickets did on that too long ago. But I don't know if I'm gaining weight or need to add some WD-40 here, but the chair has been squeaking all night long, and that was totally me. Um, and, and and as far as those tickets goes, uh, whoever wins the tickets, I guess DM me, because more than likely we're so close to game time, I, I'd hate to risk having to put it in the mailbox. I'm probably just going to meet you at the game. Um, and uh, I think that's probably all of my shout-outs. Shane, how about yourself? Not only are we giving away tickets in back-to-back weeks, season tickets first, then tickets to the road game at South Alabama, but you get, if you don't already know him, get to meet Bump Bailey to get the <laughs> yeah. tickets. That's a prize in and of itself, people. That's uh, Be careful. He may hand you an airline bottle of Fireball while you're there. Hmm. Uh, be, be, be very careful when you interact with him. Should, should that be a requirement of, uh, of accepting the tickets? That you have to be willing to take a fireball shot with bump in the parking lot Mm. before you go in. Interesting. All right. You heard it. Heard it. You heard it. You heard it. You heard it here, people. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Uh, Don't enter the contest for the South Alabama tickets. If you're not going (laughs) to chug some cinnamon whiskey, we'll bump in the parking lot. Aromatic whiskey. (laughs) Sounds like Um, it could be a liability. It could be. Um, since I'm getting to try uh, Gold Rush for the first time, I'm going to get a shout out to Mr. Ben Green and his crew down there at SoPro. Uh, good beer, sir. I'm looking forward to drinking uh, as many uh, 12 can boxes of this as more Goliak will send up to me this year. <laughs> shout out to Marty Wyndham, who won our tickets last the giveaway last week. Shout out to whoever's going to win the USA tickets this week. And shout out to whoever's going to win the season tickets that we're going to give away next week. So we've got uh, we've got several giveaways lined up for you guys. And shout out to everybody that, that's making that happen. Also, we've got some our, our merch is coming in. We've had some more merch sales this week. You can go to tpublic.com slash to the top talk or jamiearrington.net slash to the top talk. I got my Hall 316 shirt in. I got my to the top talk shirt in. 
you guys got some mugs and I've seen some stickers. So the merch is starting to come in, um, appears to be a good quality product. So go on there, check it out. Uh, either of those websites. Okay guys. So we're sitting here at the first game. I'm going to throw you a curveball right before we get into it. So we got 12 games this season. You guys have a prediction on how the golden Eagles will finish the season. Oh, Jesus. Damn it. Uh, I need a thump. Uh, I don't need, well, I mean, I've, I've got plenty in the glass that's below me, but, uh, yeah, a fifth thumb's probably bad news. Uh, we what uh, Jamie could insert a clip after the uh, outro song of me vomiting. Um, <laughs> let's see. I need to uh, bear with me for just a second because okay. I need to while visually look at our schedule. While you're doing that, while you're pulling up the schedule, I will go through mine. I'll go ahead and give it to you. Um, I think that, you know, we're definitely going to take a step in the right direction. I fully expect us to be back in a bowl game. I think that our our floor is around six wins this year. I think our ceiling is at around 10. So I'm going to uh, – and I think it's a, a little optimistic to go this hard at this point given a new coaching staff and, and with new players and everything. But I'm going to say eight and four. I am going to piggyback off that because I was writing down when you were saying that. <laughs> the one caveat I have is if Trey Lowe is healthy. If Trey Lowe is healthy the entire season, I am going to say eight or nine wins. That would include the bowl win as well. Um, if Trey Lowe is not healthy, I do not think we win eight games. So um, as far as the floor, hmm. Oh, yeah, injuries could definitely make it a, yeah, a, a I, much lower I, you floor. Know, I, I, and yeah. the defensive line as well. Yeah, so I I think that uh, you know it's hard for me to imagine that, you know not at least winning half of our football games. So I'm with Jamie as far as the six being the floor. Um, but with with the new with the new system, I, I just I just can't see any kind of double digit. You know, it, I'm, I really hope that I'm wrong. Uh, but in the very first season, I don't even think even think Coach Hall would say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna win them all." You know, so yeah. Um, so I'll I'll I'm gonna say. I'm going to go right in the middle of both those predictions, and we'll say seven and five. All right. I uh, I looked over the schedule. Uh, Twelve and zero seems reasonable. Um, <laughs> no. uh, I'm actually uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, with the higher end of of what's been discussed uh, and go with nine and three. Uh, I, I know that's high expectations coming out in Coach Hall's first year, but something just feels right. Uh, some, something feels as right now as it felt as wrong when Ellis Johnson got hired. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't necessarily know that that translates to a 12 and 0 record, but I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking nine and three. All right. There you have it. There you well, have well, it. Well, nine folks. and three regular season. Uh, I guess that would put us at 11 and three at the end of the year. Ooh. Wow. All right. You heard it here first, folks. So we've got our we've got our picks on the week. We've got our picks on the season. We're ready to get started. You guys enjoy the weekend. It's gonna be a great time. It's great to have Golden Eagle football back. We're gonna let Bobby Harden take us home this week once again. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.
could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 